What's up, everyone? You're listening to The Roz Project. My name is Ivan Temelkov. I'm your host, and this is where we get 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. If you're looking for your typical conventional podcast, you're in the wrong fucking place. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited uh, for today's episode because I have a special guest, um, a fellow Arte sister who I'm excited to have on the show. But before we jump in um, uh, with our special guest, I want to remind you that if this is your first time listening to The Roz Project, please know that this is a podcast about entrepreneurship, personal development, family, tech, and marketing. It's always 100% real, raw, and unfiltered talk. You can always tune in for life-changing advice and influential guests, such as my special guest today, none other than Elizabeth Cantu, who uh, spent 15 years as a nurse, mostly in emergency room and trauma, did leadership and uh, worked closely with executive leadership. And then in 2016, she turned into a transformation coach. So uh, hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Thank you for jumping on. I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me, Ivan. Awesome. Awesome. So, okay, let's start off with, so we, me and you have been chatting for a little while, ever since I joined Arte. I've had really good synergy, really good synergy. I know you shared a little bit about your story. I was like, fuck, this, this is amazing. And this is exactly why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I admire, one of the things I admire the most about people is their story. And the people who are not afraid to share their story because there's a lot of people out there who are afraid to share their story because they're afraid of judgment. They're afraid of how people are going to perceive them and say, well, you know, you have a very troubled past. So like, you know, I, I kind of operate in a different world. So we're not necessarily going to be friends or, you know, do business together. So let's start off with, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and, and your story. Geez, how far do you want to go back? <laughs> Well, you know, let's go. I mean, I, I know that when me and you chatted, you know, initially, like you were you were telling me about all these experiences and I know you have a lot. So let's go back maybe, you know, 10 years. Right. Let's go back 10 years. So I had um, I've been working in a trauma center um, for my gosh, since like 2007, seeing some having a great time. You know, first starting out as a trauma nurse, you having so much fun. You're just like, yes, this is awesome. You know, you're, you're, you're going to work, you're kicking ass, you're learning, you're saving people's lives. It is, it is seriously the most fulfilling, amazing feeling ever. Um, and, you know, I, I think it, it, it can also get very addicting too. Mm -hmm. When you're there and you're seeing people dying and you're helping them and, and you're in this, in this crew with people, the camaraderie in the emergency department is like no other that I've ever worked at, ever. You know, you're relying on these people to help each other uh, save lives. So you definitely build this, this bond and this trust with one another. But the other thing that also ends up happening is you become very dissociated with, you have to become a different person to be able to deal with the things that you see there. Um, and you have to get really tough. You have to get really tough. You know, I started, I started nursing because I love people so much. And after a while, what started happening, working as a trauma nurse, you know, you get bullied and people talk shit to you. If you are crying or something's really affecting mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you have a job to do. You don't have time to sit around and be emotional about stuff. And that really, that can wear on you. 
It wears on you big time. And so what ends up happening is, uh, you know, how do you, if you can't discuss the most terrible thing that you just saw today with your coworkers, how the hell are you going to talk to your husband about it when you get home? Right. Like my husband, like he did not understand. I would, you know, I'd cry. I, I after my shift, sometimes I'd get in my car, I'd cry all the way home, and then yeah. I'd cry myself to sleep. And you know, we couldn't have that conversation. How am I supposed to tell him? I just saw a seven-year-old that was drugged under a car for thirty feet. You know, well, not now. Just to jump in real quick, um, I remember when me and you had a conversation first and you were talking about some of these traumatic experiences mm-hmm. it really warped the lives of a lot of people. I, I will tell you this, um, personally, I can relate because my wife worked in the NICU for a long time. Mm-hmm. And even though it was with primarily with infants, you know, principally it's similar to what you were explaining, right? It's like, how do you go, how do you come home after you've witnessed a traumatic experience? How do you not that, how, how do you not allow that affect you? As a human being, because like you were there, you did what you could, but sometimes doing what you could is not enough because for all we know, all of our days are numbered and some, some people's lives end sooner than others. And so interesting you said that. That's why I wanted to jump in is because, first of all, huge amount of appreciation for what you did as a nurse. Huge. I mean, and it just goes to show your level of of unconditional commitment to the betterment of other people's lives. There's not a lot of people on this planet, honestly, that do that. I mean, they'll say that they want to help people, but like, I think you as a nurse, you really stepped up to the plate and said, you know what, I'm going to do everything I can. So, and I know that obviously affects a marriage. Absolutely. Which I think is where you were going, right? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it was bad. It, it, you know, it started to become really, you know, like I told you, you, you develop this bond with your people at work. And so that's who you go to constantly. Um, yeah. and, but you also have to create a different person. You have to be a different person when you're there mm-hmm. because of the things that you're seeing. So sometimes what happens is you forget to take that hat off and you're that person even when you get home. Mm-hmm. And so that's what started creating kind of some problems for us because, you know, here I am, this badass nurse at, at work, um, you know, critical traumas are coming in, you know, you've got working in a level one um, hospital, you have all these residents around. And my first day as a nurse, the charge nurse said, hey, Elizabeth, your only job is to make sure that these residents don't kill your patients. So I was like, oh, my God, no pressure, no freaking pressure at all, you know, right. it was it was some of the scariest stuff, but you have to develop this really, this facade almost for yourself so that you're able to deal with everything that's going on. So you can just be super focused and, and get shit done. Right. And what happened was I would go home and I'm that way. I mean, I've always been a really hard worker and, and tenacious and, and getting things done, but I would go home and the first thing you do when you when you get to work is you check the trauma bay. So you're checking like, is my oxygen working? Is my monitor working? You know, because if the patient comes in, I don't have time to sit around and see if stuff is working as they're dying. Like I don't have that time. So what translates is when you get home, you walk Mm -hmm. in, and you're like, oh, the fucking floor hasn't been mopped. There's no fucking dinner on the table. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I've been busting my ass for 12 and a half hours. And, like, the kids aren't ready for bed. You know, like, you start yeah. 
you still have that hat on. Even though you don't want to be that way, it's like you have people's lives have depended on you to be that all day for 12 and a half hours. And you're dealing with freaking psych patients. You're dealing with traumas. You're dealing with family. I mean, there's so much going yeah. on there. Yeah. So you don't, what ends up happening, and this is, you know, as I lead into my coaching here, you know, what ends up happening is people, you know, they, they only focus on one area of their life and that's mm -hmm. where they're fucking winning. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I was winning at work cause I was a badass, like, you know, saving lives, being part of this, you know, of this team, seeing the coolest shit ever. Like, you know, it yeah. was, it was awesome. And you know, the, the trauma nurses, ER nurses are, you know, they're like, we're badass, man. We're elite. Like we are the people that everybody's coming to mm -hmm. when everything is falling apart. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I think, first of all, you are a fucking badass, you know, to, to, to be able to withstand. I'll tell you this. There's not, I mean, I don't, I don't give a fuck who you are, but honestly, to have that level of thick skin, to, to be able to go through 12 hours of havoc and bullshit and like all the stuff that's happening and like literally not go crazy over it. And by the way, do this for, you did it what, for 15 years? Mm -hmm. Like, that's fucking insane. Like most people would, would quit in like five minutes and be like, I just don't have the tolerance for this. Like I can't, I can't bear it. It's, it's too traumatic. And you did this for 15 years. So I'll tell you this, you're, you are a fucking badass. <laughs> you know, it's, I appreciate that very much. And I, you know, there's a lot of people that get burned out real, real quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I, I truly believe I am certain 100% you know, I, my, my, obviously my marriage ended and, mm -hmm. you know, I was very driven. We're, we're just different people. We were different people. And, um, I think a lot of it had to do too, like with my job and just, we're on a different journey and we met very sure. early. Um, and we got, we got married early in our relationship. So we really didn't take the time to get to know each other as well as I, we should have probably. Yeah. But, um, after my divorce, it was crazy because, the, you know, he was, like, trying to get into school and I was supporting him the whole time and, like, keeping – just fucking keeping everything going, working as a nurse, freaking pregnant, working in the ER, like, him, you know, applying for school. Like, I, I was doing everything, you know, yeah. and what ended up happening was when I finally made it to the trauma center, I was so focused on, on just winning there and being such a badass, like, everything started falling apart everywhere else. Yeah. And so that's when I started my journey to self-development. I started listening to Wayne Dyer. I started listening to Louise Hay and Tony Robbins. And that like completely transformed my entire mindset. And so I found myself like seeing people from a different perspective when they came into the ER. It was great. It was like it changed my whole entire freaking world, honestly. Yeah. And that's what helped me get through my divorce was all of that self-development, understanding like, Oh shit. That's why I was doing what I was doing. Oh my God. Like this is why people, when they come into the ER and they're so sick with high blood pressure and hypertension and you know, they're having strokes and shit. It's because it's because their life is out of whack and they're having all these emotional issues that they're not dealing with. I didn't understand that when I started as a nurse, I knew some, but you know, you're so focused on just saving lives and, and looking at things from a Western medical point of view right yeah. like 
just another pill. Oh, you're having high blood pressure? We need to increase the dose of your medication. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Isn't that fucked up? I mean, in Western medicine, it's like, oh, something's wrong with you. Okay, you need more pills, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, one thing that you were saying that I wanted to touch upon, uh, because I think this gets really scrutinized, is, is marriage. I mean, let's face it, in the United States, over 60% of people are divorced. And I will tell you this, being an Eastern European is, I mean, divorced, being divorced once, I can relate because, but that was, that was like a shame, right? For me is it was a shame because nobody in Eastern Europe gets fucking divorced. It's, it's just, you don't, you're, you're married. You know, my parents have been married almost 40 years, you know, that just does not happen anymore. And largely in part is because people grow apart. They grow apart because your goals change. You grow as a person. And I will tell you this. The reason why the divorce rate is so high in the U.S. is because it's very hard to be in alignment with a person, the same person you see every day, the person you sleep with, share finances with, married to, right, husband or wife for decades and decades, it's just impossible because the day and age that we live in, you know, it's so fast paced. It's so disruptive. And anytime people hear divorce, it's like, oh, like immediately puts you at blame, right? Like, like as if you did something wrong. And so I just want to touch upon that because I think personally, based on what you said, is that you were evolving as a person. You know, your interests were changing and your ex-husband did not support that growth. I'll tell you this. It, that was the same thing with my first marriage where I can relate is, you know, we, we completely grew apart and as much as I think I personally wanted to hold it together, it just wasn't going to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it just wasn't going to fucking happen no matter what I did. And even though it, it was somewhat of a traumatic experience is that, you know, as Tony Robbins says, adversity pushes us into action. So you realize that that adversity is happening for a reason, but it's usually after the fact. Because when you're caught up in the moment, like you said, you're very emotional about it. And you're not thinking clearly because you're allowing the emotion to dictate the course of your actions. So what you were saying is, I mean, I honestly think is this that, you know, that was meant to happen for a reason. So you could truly find your real purpose in your calling. Yeah. Thank you. know what? I totally agree with you 100%. And the other thing that I wanted to add to that is, you know, as I was, as I was growing and achieving all these goals at work, right? Like I feel like, hell yeah, I'm making shit happen. Like I'm the next, you know, I really wanted to become this, this MICN, which is a radio nurse. So when the paramedics mm-hmm. call you answer the phone and you're the first one there to give them orders and stuff, it's like, it was the coolest thing. I just, like, I couldn't wait to have that status, you know, it was something I was working towards. Sure. But, so as I'm achieving all these goals and, and in line for all these things, I could see like my ex kept getting denied from school and I started feeling bad. I started feeling bad. So you know what I started doing? I started slowing down. Yeah. I started slowing down. And then I was like, okay, what can I do for you? How can I help you? Let's get you where you want to be. So I started forgetting who I was so that he could achieve his goals. And then I started becoming kind of like this weak little fucking, I don't even know, weak ass person that I never have never been. I you think... Know, One thing that you said, Elizabeth, right there is that I think you were starting to feel guilty Mm -hmm. and responsible for the outcomes that 
your ex-husband was facing, things that you could not control. And honestly, I will tell you this, as human beings, we do that. I mean, I, I'll tell you this, I think ever since, you know, especially joining Arte and, and also aligning with people like you, you know, I've really given that more significant thought and how I think that us as human beings, we immediately want to accept blame for things that we're not responsible for. Yes. Because I think in part that we feel guilty in the way that I think you are feeling guilty that your, your ex-husband was getting denied from school and you're like, oh, wait, maybe I should help him. You feel responsible, mm -hmm. right? Which is the natural thing that we do, right, as human beings. But there's only so much that you can do in that situation because you did not have control of that situation. Mm -hmm. You could not control the outcomes. And as a result, what did it do? It forced you to slow down and detract your focus from the things that you wanted to do as a person. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like you, it, it, it absolutely, that is 100%. I started to feel guilty. You know, here I am at work, you know, crushing it, saving lives, doing that, you know, doing such an awesome job. And then I come home and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. it was totally different, you know? So, and I think a lot of people do that especially women that yeah. are, you know, here they are, they, they, they give up a lot of themselves to help the other person in the relationship and they end up losing who they are. You know, there's a movie by Wayne Dyer called The Shift, such an amazing movie. And I would highly recommend that people watch it. Wayne Dyer, The Shift, and it has three different scenarios and stories in there that talk about that, how we mm -hmm. lose ourselves so many times. And so, you know, when I, after everything went down, Ivan, and, you know, here I am, a fucking homeless with my two kids, you know, each of us have a bag of clothes after my divorce, each, you know, we had, mo I moved all the way to Puerto Rico, came back and had nothing, literally had to start over from nothing, just a bag of fucking clothes and the car that I let my sister hold for me while I was there, you yeah. know, because he had finally got into school there in Puerto Rico and um, I didn't want to go, but I felt mm. bad because again, I wanted him to be able to live out his dream you know? Yeah. And so, um, coming back and then, and seeing how I totally lost myself. I remember standing outside and the kids were inside the house. And I, I thought to myself, if anybody asked me what kind of music I like, I wouldn't even know right now. I wouldn't even know. Yeah. That, and I know that sounds like such a stupid thing, but literally that's how much I lost myself in trying to help him that I totally forgot about me you know one thing that i want to share right there that you said that's very important for people to understand especially there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast and watch this podcast now a lot of them are married a lot of them are divorced also and i will tell you this isn't it fucked up in a way of the things that we would do for love and here's why in your scenario you were sacrificing yourself and your dreams so that your ex-husband could fulfill his. Mm -hmm. I will tell you this, this could be an ongoing debate. You know, there's a lot of people that will say, you should not sacrifice yourself and your dreams and your goals for nobody because you live only once, mm -hmm. only once. And 
Do you know how many people, so one of the reasons I wanted also to have you on the podcast is because I don't have too many women that come on. And especially after hearing your story, you know, and that's why I wanted you to come on and share a little bit about your story is that for people to acknowledge the, the suffering, the sacrifices and the risks the women like you make so you can fulfill your dreams, right? And that's in part, I think, what makes your story so unique is because all these things with, you know, working as a nurse, helping people, you know, uh, taking a toll on your, on your marriage, growing apart, ended up being homeless, and, and then really truly finding your purpose is there's a reason it all happened, but I think uh, somewhere along the way, and that's why I said, I, I think it's kind of fucked up the things that we do for love is because I, I can relate to you, especially with, with my, with my first wife who I basically paid for everything while she was in school for four years, mm. you know, and we were very, very young. And I took that upon myself. Yeah. I took that upon myself willingly. I said, you know what? I'll work my fucking ass off. I'll pay for everything. I'll pay for the mortgage. I'll pay for, for everything. You know, you, you just go to school and, and, my ex-wife was going to school to be a lawyer, basically. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Me and someone that's a lawyer just don't fucking jive. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it this way because <laughs> it, it, it's, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. So there's one reason why that didn't work out. But, like, the point I was trying to make is this, that I think you were the bigger person in this mm. uh, in so many ways. And the fact that you sacrificed and risked so much for love because you truly believed you know, in, in your ex-husband and you wanted him to win. And I will tell you this. Now, if you were to reflect upon that right now and, and say to yourself, would I do that again? Would you do that again? <laughs> Honestly, fuck no, I wouldn't. <laughs> there you go. You know, here's, exactly. and here's the reason why. No, but here, this is really important. This is the reason why. Okay. Would I go to the extent that I did? Would I have moved my kids? Would I have left my job? Would I have done that? No, I would not have. I would have said, you know what? We really need to figure out a different way for you to be able to achieve your goal. And I'm here to support you. You know, right. it would have been a different conversation. I, I believe, I believe in a relationship that you are supposed to support each other, you know, but I also believe that there's compromise. And you have to see the bigger picture of what's best for the, um, for the family also, because honestly, our kids being five and two, and then moving out of the country to Puerto Rico for me to work at the, the VA, yeah. us not have any support. That wasn't, that's not a smart move for your family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, um, so there would be things about that, that I definitely would have done differently. Yeah, I would. I'm still. I'll still be the same supportive person, but there's definitely boundaries that I realized. You know, after all that, I, I'm. I'm grateful for that experience because obviously it, it helped remind me just how strong I am. It helped show my children that no matter what, you can always rise above adversity. It showed me to to be able to have self love after I went through that whole transformation of self-development because I didn't, I didn't really love myself in the beginning. Right. I just wanted to, I, I was doing it for love because I, I felt like that's what I was supposed to be doing. So it was the wrong thing. Even though I, I wanted to support him, it was coming from the wrong place. Honestly. Yeah. I, 
what you were saying right there, I think, so you made a comment earlier uh, that I kind of wanted to bring back to, you, you were saying, especially women, I, I think uh, women, women tend to um, play the, the guilt, the guilt card quite often, because I think it's an emotional reaction, honestly, right? And uh, through the experience that you went through leading up to your coaching and really finding your true purpose, right? And helping other people, especially other women, you know, overcome adversity, whatever that is, whether it's a divorce or, or, or a loss or whatever it might be, right? Or homelessness, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but, but I think that women, you're absolutely right. You made a comment earlier that I, I think it's not the guilt, it's the victim card that I was going after is playing the victim card because they, they immediately, so women immediately kind of take, take it upon that, that guilt and think that it's, you know, their fault. Now, there's not a lot of women, you know, that do that, but a, a vast majority do it because like you said, you risk, you sacrifice because you wanted your, your ex-husband to succeed and you basically put your life on hold for him. You know, and, and that is, you know, that is detrimental. But, but when you think about it is on the flip side of that, if that hadn't happened, it actually wouldn't have pushed you over the edge to realize of what your true calling is and using all that adversity and, and those bad experiences, you know, to, to entice you to move forward and do something that you're, you're truly content with that, that you feel happier with, because that's what led you to your coaching today, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because um, I felt like such an idiot after all that happened. I was like, man, mm -hmm. I'm the biggest jackass on the planet. Like, I can't believe I just left everything and did all that for, for fucking nothing. I was so mad at myself for yeah. a long time and pissed at him, you know, on, for not being honest about some things because there was definitely some betrayal there too. Um, before I even left to go to Puerto Rico, I'm like, really? I just, <sighs> You could have told me before I sold all our shit and left, you know what I'm saying? So, but, um, you know, after, after moving through, having my transformation, having some healing, then I started doing that to my patients in the hospital. It's crazy. You know, a lot of the nurses would walk by and they're like, hey, um, every time I walk by, your patients are crying, dude. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I they're just having these transformations because now I've equipped myself with the different tools to help people. And so I'm having these conversations with people. And this was before I even went and got a coaching certification. It's just mm -hmm. from listening to Wayne Dyer reading like and Tony Robbins and then seeing the bigger picture. People are coming in with all these issues, but nobody's asking the real question. What's happened in your life in the last year? Yeah. You know, it's like a, I had a guy that was a young guy who's having chest pain for a year, a year, and no one freaking asked him what had happened in his life seven months before. Okay. So, or, um, I'm sorry, he'd been having chest pain. Yeah. And just previous to that, he lost his wife and his 11 month old daughter in a car accident on her birthday as they were yeah. driving to dinner, getting hit by a drunk driver. Like, Nobody asks those things, but that's yeah. what leads up to these. That's what leads up to these physiological issues. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, speaking of that, <laughs> it's funny enough, you know, both of my parents are in their early sixties and, and my father's business is very physical related. Mm -hmm. And not too long ago, uh, I found out that his blood pressure um, and his cholesterol were through the roof. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are they through the roof? So like, are you, are you, are you eating right? And he's eating fast food every day and all this, right? This was like, oh my God, I don't know, two years ago, maybe roughly when I found out uh, about this, kind of like, you know, a little bit about it. And long story short, you know, uh, the doctor told him, you need to start eating right. You need to start eating better because you're not going to live to be 65, literally because you're putting all this shit and you have been and that's the problem with us fucking europeans is that we eat five course meals like fucking steaks and kebabs and shit and i mean it's good but like it skyrockets your your cholesterol level right and his blood pressure is high because of and and my my father was like you know he, he didn't took a strong initiative behind this like he didn't and i literally one day turned around and said do you want to fucking see your grandkids a little longer like seriously, yeah. like think about this for a second and, and you don't think that this is serious to go to the doctor and, you know, uh, maybe take a prescription that they tell you or, or change your habits, change your lifestyle because it's for the betterment of you. Nah, nah, it's okay. I'm like, no, you're fucking going to the doctor, like whether you like it or not. And, and it's so unfortunate because like what you just said, people don't understand that the emotional experience that they have, the traumatic experience correlate to physical pain. Yeah. It's self-inflicted, literally. And, and a lot of people don't understand that, honestly. I didn't used to understand that for a long time. I used to think that, okay, these traumatic, like similar to what you were going through your divorce, right? As, as things were like unfolding and all this like shit happens for a reason that you're like, what the fuck? You know, like... How do I even get here? And then you have guilt and you play the victim card and this, this, and this. And suddenly you're homeless with a bag and two kids. Mm-hmm. And in your head, you're going, oh, what's happening? But as a result, you're feeling stress. Your body aches. You know, you're, you don't want to do anything. You know, your eating habits change, right? Because you're eating based on, based on emotion, right? That's why people binge, because they get, there's people that literally, I, I'm glad I never went through this, but I know a lot of people who go through like eating a shit ton of chocolate or eating a shit ton of fast food or drinking. Mm-hmm. And drugs, yeah. And yeah. drugs. Mm-hmm. And all because they want to cure an emotional pain. We want to hide it and you go on autopilot, you know? So when I, I'm, I'm here with my two kids and I have nowhere to fucking live, it's like. Yeah. You know, I'm on autopilot. I can't, I can't deal with what's happening right now emotionally because I have to get shit done. I have kids that need to be taken care of. I went straight mm-hmm. back into that ER mode, you know, like fucking not paying attention, ignoring how I feel, you know, all that stuff because I had mm-hmm. a job to do and that was to make sure that my kids were taken care of. And that's yeah. what people do. That's exactly what people do, especially entrepreneurs and people that are high achievers. You are going to your win and that is your business. And so people might be extremely successful in their business and they're spending all their time there. Their fucking family life is falling apart and their health is shit. They don't take care of themselves. They don't sleep good. They're not um, yeah. managing their time appropriately. They're not getting to the gym. They're not, you know, the doctor tells them something. They're like, oh, fuck off. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just like every <laughs> other person, you know, that's what happens. And, right. You know, the thing is, is you can't see blood pressure. You can't see a heart attack. You fucking feel it. It comes on because it's the silent killer. People don't understand. Like, you know, when you're stressed out, you've got a lot of stuff going on. 
you have to make that time to be see i like to teach my clients to have an awareness you know people yeah. talk about um life balance that's bullshit there is no balance it needs you need to have an awareness to yourself your relationships and your business those are the three main areas of your life and when you have an awareness of how you are spiritually you're taking care of yourself you know you're working out you're feeling good you're doing your self development and then your relationships relationships with your family with your your coworkers your business associates and your friends yeah you know that's like the the self is at the top of the pyramid and then you've got your business and your and your relationships down at the bottom cuz it you know that's yeah. what needs to come first cuz you can't if you're not in alignment with yourself and aware you can't be shit for your relationships and you can't be shit for in your business you know what i'm saying like it, it's yeah. all going to affect each other that was, so that was actually one of the things that I wanted you to elaborate upon. I'm glad that you did. You kind of took the words out of my mouth and that. So I'm glad that you did. And but I got to thinking about something because I know that you mentioned entrepreneurs and high achievers. And, and one thing that I've realized is that as an entrepreneur specifically, that my life evolves and my business evolves and grows going into 2020. I know it's going to be the best year yet. And the last two years have been really, really good. Mm-hmm. You know, as I've realized that the jig is going to be higher than fucking ever, like literally way the fuck up there. And with that comes a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, you know, and I think as an Eastern European personally, I've never really, like you talked about self-development and relationship. And I will tell you this is I've also taken, you know, my wife still works a full-time job. And so, you know, she has been my number one supporter, but there's times where, you know, I see that disconnect. Like in the evening, for example, when, you know, I've got a three and a half year old and an 18 month old uh, son and a daughter. So when I pick them up after daycare and we come home, I usually try to like carve out like an hour or two of like family time, mm-hmm. like to where I'm not fucking glued on my phone because that's literally the life that I live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she'll come home and she'll be like, are you on your laptop again? Are you on your phone again? And like, that's literally what I do for probably 12 to 14 hours a day. Right. And whether it's families here, but what I've realized is that if I don't put forth an emphasis on my relationship, on my marriage, um, being the best father and husband that I can be, I will never be the best entrepreneur that I can be. Because I think I'm so focused, don't get me wrong, I'm focused on impact and helping other people, right, with, with my marketing business. But the problem is that I'm so focused on other people's impact, not my own impact in my own life. Mm-hmm. And when you said high achievers and entrepreneurs, because that's the people that you work with, right, is I've realized that they put more time and emphasis and investment into relationships and self-development, personal development than anything else. And as a result, that creates the snowball effect of being more successful financially, you know, reaching prosperity. And I think that that's probably one of the misconceptions, you know, Elizabeth, in the entrepreneurial world is just that, you know, I'll tell you this, you know, coming from a nine to five in an agency world, a lot of my former bosses were chasing money every day. These were people that were married with kids every single fucking day is they chase money. They chase money. Like, because they're so worried about covering their overhead, their payroll, you know, um, you know, some of them would even run 10, $15 million companies. So like imagine the fucking overhead on that. And 
over a period of like a decade of doing this, you do burn out. You know, you lose motivation. You know, you're, you're not, you're, you wake up every day and you feel exhausted. And so I think that what you're doing has a huge importance in the lives of not just entrepreneurs, but anyone who wants, you know, to improve themselves as a whole, as a human being. Because let's face it, we're all human beings. We all fuck up, right? But like being able to mitigate that, that's where I think someone like you comes in, right? Is being able to provide that guidance. Not to mention is that you, you've had traumatic experiences of your own, you know, with, with, with your um, ex-husband, with your, with, your mar- with your former marriage too. And that has given you real hardcore lessons that you are able to apply and teach to other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had it all and lost it all. <laughs> you know, had everything I ever wanted and then, you know, realized that it was yeah. nothing. And, you know, my kids and I, like I said, we had to come from, we literally, I had a friend, um, I have a friend, she's still a friend, but she sent an email out to the church that she went to and they helped to furnish our whole fucking house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like wow. we literally had nothing is so crazy, but you know, I don't think people understand, you know, you, you don't understand until sometimes it gets too late, you know, yeah. and um, like a little fire starts and then that shit takes over real quick in everything in your life. And it's, it's important that people understand that in order for you to be successful, you have to be aware of everything that's going on. Right. You just have to be. And and especially in relationships, understanding what your wife's love language is and your kids and making sure that you're paying attention to that, you know? And and I swear to you, the, the uh, four agreements is the biggest. If everybody could live by the four agreements, this fucking world would be so amazing. That right there was the key thing that helped change so many things for me, especially working as a nurse. Mm-hmm. You know, because people's lives are falling apart. They come in and and you have no idea what's going in on the other side. So to not take things personal. Like yeah. if, if nobody, if, if you have not read that book, you know, to, talking to the viewers here, please, that book is amazing. You need oh. to have that book in your life. And what was the name of that book one more time? The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. Galleries. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And, and, well, the shift. <laughs> and the movie, The Shift. Those are the two things. Right. Are right. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a good addition. You know, Elizabeth, we, we could, this conversation could probably be endless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Enjoyed having you on. Um, and in closing, you know, I, I want to make sure that other high achievers, other entrepreneurs, you know, other women, especially that may be going through a similar experience that you did. Right. And they're, they're kind of seeking, they're seeking guidance, you know, they're really striving towards their purpose, make sure that they can connect with you. So what is the best way, you know, to connect with you online? Well, and, and even men, I mean, everybody, everybody needs sure. to have that, you know, but um, my, my website is Elizabeth, and that is my handle on every social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Elizabeth A. Cantu, C-A-N-T-U. Awesome. Awesome. Elizabeth, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and jamming with me. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Evan.